This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me for another great episode of the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellata, your host, founder of singleinthecity.ca. How does loving yourself first improve your relationships? This week is all about self-love with my guest, Catherine Clark. Catherine is a resiliency therapist. She's the principal of Catherine Clark Connects, a boutique mental health consulting firm, and the author of the new book, (laughs) Gifts and Dark Packages, How to Embrace Adversity, Transform Your Life and Experience Joy. And tonight we'll be chatting about the importance of self-love, the law of attraction, and how to put this into practice, and so much more. Well, thank you so much for being here with us tonight, Catherine. How are you doing? It's such a thrill to be here tonight, Laura. <laughs> I'm just excited that uh, we Yay! can be talking about a topic that's so near and dear to my I love. I love when people are excited to be on the show. Let me tell you, I just absolutely love it. So, well, thank you for being here. So first off, let's, uh, let's start this way. Uh, tell us a little bit about your book and why it's important and how your experiences maybe led to, to writing the book. <laughs> all great questions. And um, we kind of all have that, uh, what I call a hard luck story. The gift in a dark package is the one that led me to leave a 23-year marriage, pack up the Passat, drive across the prairies in the winter. The Passat, <laughs> even. Oh, yeah, the Passat. How much can you fit in there of your whole worldly possession? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, leave it behind and start anew. And really, the pandemic in itself, there's there's the title of the book. For many of us, it was a gift. Is that when you wrote pandemic. it during the pandemic? It was. It well, what was. a great time to write a book. You had time, didn't you? It was. And from a relationship perspective, um, it kind of went from let's all put on our bugger off boots and cut off, you know, whatever genitalia needs to be cut off because we're really (laughs) angry and anger is an energetic emotion. Let's channel that all into writing a book. And it kind of segued into feeling more self-love, self-compassion, forgiveness, all that good stuff that nobody really wants to dig into. But what I can tell you is there's so much light in the bottom of each and every one of our dark packages. You just got to feel it all to heal it all. I love it. And, you know, a big part of the book deals with the importance of falling in love with yourself first and foremost. I'm a huge, huge advocate for self-love. Let's chat about this. Why is it such a big factor in, in our happiness when we love ourselves? Well, honestly, um, how can we even know what we'd want in another until we've actually spent time loving ourselves and really fully enjoying our own company? So the good news is we're not taught self-love, are we? In fact, you know, often we're, it's seen as boastful to say, you know, this is what I'm really good at. This is what I love to do. And, and we're seen as, oh, she's this, well, it used to be in my socialization, um, you're a spinster, or there's something wrong with you if you're not married by the age of 30. But the good news is that now, 2022, you can write whatever love story you want at whatever age and start it with yourself. And I 
I think the greatest impetus for that, Laura, I don't know if you agree, is a relationship breakdown. Because if nothing gets you in that dark puddle of pain and, you know, reaching for the Haagen-Dazs or, you know, the friend that, that really sits with you, but more importantly, it allows you to get that real caring connection with yourself. I think it was Emma Watson that sort of brought the idea of being self-partnered up. I don't know if you remember in November of 2019, she had this interview with British Vogue. And in that interview, uh, Watson called out how society often judges women who are single as if something's wrong with them or for not finding or wanting a partner. And I think it speaks volumes that only at 30 years of age, Watson felt the weight of that societal pressure. Oh, why don't I have a house and the two kids and the, the minivan along with the stable career? So what I want people to know is you don't have to jump on that bandwagon. No, you don't. You don't. No, you don't. And I, I'm a big, big advocate for self-love. Uh, like I mentioned, um, love yourself first so you know what you deserve. You're not relying on others to make you happy. You are relying on yourself. And when you love yourself, you enjoy your own company. And this will build your confidence. And you'll be better at, uh, better at establishing boundaries and not allowing others to overstep those boundaries, which is so, so, so important. And, mm -hmm. you know, how are you supposed to know who you are and what you want when you're still trying to figure who you are? You know, and, and, and when you focus on yourself, you're growing, you're changing, you're learning new things about yourself, who you are and who you want to become. And when you know who you are, it makes it a lot easier to know, you know, who you want and who would be most suitable for you. Wouldn't you agree with all that? I totally agree with that. And I, I think what's really interesting is I've come to realize that um, this template that's been playing in the background all our lives about what constitutes loving behavior, uh, even though it hasn't evolved, all we have to do is look squarely in the mirror and see that that's where the magic really is, inside out. When we're beaming and we're vibrating on our highest energy, have you ever noticed like, you walk on the subway and it's like, why is everybody looking at me? Why are they staring at me? Because there's like, because they oh, want to be you, right? <laughs> yeah, they want to be. Like, and, and people, you're magnetic. When you feel good about yourself, you really are magnetic and people are drawn to you and you just become that much more attractive. You really, really do. I always use this analogy when I was younger, I used to go to clubs a lot and, and I would put this into practice. I would, you know, walk out with a, Sometimes with like, I wasn't feeling well and I'd have like a bit of a frown, not a frown, but I wasn't smiling and nobody would approach me. But as soon as I put a smile on my face, I had women, men approach me, people wanting to touch me. <laughs> you know? yeah, it's like people asking you what brand of whatever to buy, right? Like all the <laughs> questions just flood your way because you're, you have this energy and this energy spirit that I think uh, people, yeah, people just pick up on. And, you know, when my marriage ended, Laura, 23 years, I promised myself that I would learn somehow, I'd learn this behavior of being fully with me and learn how to really enjoy being alone. And, you know, which is completely different from being lonely. Wouldn't you agree? 
I do. I, 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 I very much agree with that. And also you mentioned that we're not taught self-love or socialized to do this as women. How does this play into things? Like, why do we have such a hard time as women with this? Well, looking back, um, I'm also reminded of, you know, the socialization we had about put a ring on it, right? That we could not be fully thriving unless we actually had a partner. And, you know, it kind of just go back to the days when you think about it, when women actually maybe couldn't financially make it on their own or the boundaries and some countries still have this are such that, you know, you're, you're not going to run your own corporation. <laughs> uh, I like to, I like to think of when people say a woman's place is in the house. Yeah. Of commons <laughs> or the boardroom, that house. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that, uh, society and our socialization and our cultural mores always play like spyware in the back of our head, don't they? In our self-talk. And that's a lot of what I try to help people do is even just as a cognitive behavioral therapist rework uh, their thoughts, that critic that sits on our shoulder, that's not our voice. The self-love voice is the one that says, look at you go girl, you did a podcast today, you rocked it, you know, hmm. not the one that's the voice of a grandmother or that teacher that I'm not good enough voice. So I think our socialization for self love has to be kind of flipped in this new generation of I can be a complete and total success, go from my own pity party, and barely surviving to a pivot party and thriving. And that's the sort of mental health resiliency roadmap. The self-love part is what I wanted to help people get on and off those exits. We're all going to have difficult relationships. We're all going to somehow find ourselves with partners who maybe chose us. We didn't necessarily do the choosing out of a place of what I call self-stand, firmly grounded in our own strengths. And as you mentioned earlier, our boundaries, what, you know, what are the reasons why I would actually give up my time, energy, and, and talents? It's got to be really clear. Like we have to draw that line in the sand. But boy, we were not taught how to do that, were we? No. And a lot of people struggle with self-love. So what tips do we have for those of us, not myself, but... <laughs> I love myself. I do. I have days, listen, but you can still love yourself and have days where you're not feeling great or where you're down and you may going through a temporary depression or whatever because of circumstantial, uh, circum well, things that are circumstantial in your life, things that happen. We're, we're, we're human. You know, life is not always going to be, you know, roses, you know, a bed of roses. So what tips do you have for those people who are struggling with self-love? They just can't seem to get there. We're all going to have, like you said, those problems of living. And um, in my book, I've actually, along the mental health resiliency roadmap, one of the chapters is like self-love is the new sexy. Let's get on that. Let's get on that roadway. I have what I call gift box resiliency tools. It's almost like we could, we could lift the lid when we're kind of stuck and not feeling it and dip inside and say, what are maybe some of the top 10 things I could do, for example, Laura? So one of the things I think every time we need to say is 
what is that voice that's on my shoulder as opposed to the one inside that's telling me I'm not enough right now. And so flip that switch and number one say, you know, my value doesn't lie in anything from the outside. It doesn't lie in my appearance. And secondly, if I don't prioritize self-care, like the things that make me feel like I am vibrating on my highest level and create self healthy boundaries, draw that line in the sand that says, not just hell no <laughs> or hell yes, but it's a no for now, right? Mm -hmm. um, thirdly, saying yes and to new experiences. Yeah, the joy and the pain, we have that whole spectrum of emotion there for a reason because it infuses us with self-knowledge. Like, oh, I'm not going to do that again. Or man, can I have more of that? It's pretty exciting stuff. Fourthly, let go of the toxic people in your life. Please. You know who they are. Please. <laughs> Although we can't let go of family, but we can't most of the time. We really we can't, can't let go of family, Laura. But what we can do is come to a place of being with family with our parameters or our boundaries firmly in place. And also a technique that, you know, from a psychological perspective works really well when you're trying to deal with narcissistic ex-husbands, for example. And mm. that is think of, think of yourself as more like a gray rock. Like you kind of acknowledge things and you realize, okay, that could really trigger me. Um, but I'm just going to breathe into it and feel like this is not worthy of my emotional reaction, right? Mm -hmm. So letting go of toxic people, number four. Number five, you know, stuff's going to happen. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fall down. <laughs> We're going to have to get back up again. Start to do it with curiosity. I'll finish the rest of the list here, but that I often give. Yeah, please, please. And that is to, to just even get an empty mason jar. And as you go through this new kind of process of self-discovery, really being self-partnered, having dates with yourself, like, what did you love about going to the art gallery on your own? What do you love about not having to ask for permission? We need to take a quick break. Uh, so we'll be right back. And we're going to continue our chat on self-love and dealing with loss. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. We are back. You're tuned into the Dating and Relationship Show on AM 640 Toronto. It's Sunday night. Tomorrow's Monday. You know, when I was a kid, I used to hate Mondays. <laughs> I used to wear this shirt that said, I hate Mondays. But now, guess what? I appreciate every single day. Because when I wake up, I'm like, I'm alive and I'm grateful and thankful. So I just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> I'm Laura Bellotta, your host, and getting back to our chat with Catherine Clark on dealing with loss and uh, learning from it. That's what we're going to get into in a moment here. But uh, before the break, we were chatting about self-love and some people struggle with it. So Catherine was giving us some tips if you do struggle with self-love. So uh, continue, please. Yeah, so we were looking at kind of my, my top 10 list, but one of the things that we just segued to is if you have an empty mason jar at home, and especially if you like to decorate things, um, decorate that mason jar up and start to be like a little researcher saying, if I could do anything, and I don't have to ask anyone for permission, 
make that list of things. And then of the things that you actually do, whether it's going to the art gallery or shopping on your own, uh, going for a, a walk in the woods, put those things in your jar. And then when you need your own self-love, self-esteem hit, you can just reach right in there. So that's one of the, the tools I hope you'll, you'll take right away with you. One of the things on the list is just stop comparing yourself to others. Or that's such to a hard one. Opinion. It's such a hard one, I think. You so know, but I, 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 I completely <laughs> agree with you, but it's really hard for a lot of people to do, especially nowadays with, with social media. I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you, like, sometimes like I always tell my boyfriend, I'm like, because it's like, you're always on there. And I'm, I'm thinking, I, and sometimes it drives me crazy to have to stop what I'm doing to take photos, videos. But it's like, babe, it's part of my job. But I promise you, I would not be on social media as much as I am if I didn't have to be. Because I think it's toxic. It can be, especially for the younger generation. I know better because I can look at somebody's posts and think, okay, well, you know, every, everything always looks so glamorous online, but those people also have bad days too. And they don't show you those days. It's that toxic positivity, if you will, isn't it? Yes. Yes. It's like everything is just airbrushed and they're all looking like they're living their best lives. But as a (laughs) psychotherapist and a trauma counselor, what I can tell you is I haven't met anybody who doesn't have a bad day. I haven't met anyone who isn't struggling with mental health, total health. And so it's really honestly being able to, to separate yourself from all of that veneer. And one of the best ways to do that is actually going through loss and relationship breakdown. So bring it back to some of those self-love things. When you've lost something, and you just have yourself, because let's face it, we start this world on our own. We live on our own. You get to this place where you can say, I'm just going to listen and tune into my own needs and really hear that voice. Trust yourself to make the decisions that are best for you. Nobody else knows you like you. And speak your mind, set those boundaries for what you deserve. This is a big one. I don't know if you have a challenge with this too, Laura, but forgiving yourself. Stop apologizing. How many times have you already said sorry today, Canadian or not Canadian? I say sorry all the time. I used to. I used to audition all the time. And and I remember I used to always say, if I messed up, I'd say, sorry, sorry. And she'd she'd look at me, this casting director, and she'd say, stop saying sorry. I'd be like, okay, sorry. (laughs) Oh, sorry, I'm saying sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Sorry. I'm sorry. I said sorry again. (laughs) And all, all contrary to that, say thank you to compliments. How many of our listeners, probably if someone says, you know, I really like what you're wearing, or you know what, you just have this glow about you today. You know, you're really rocking it. How many people go, oh, it's nothing. I got it, blah, blah, blah. You know, Mm -hmm. just really infuse yourself, sit with that. Because, you know, not only is that a respectful thing to do, a self-respect for yourself, but it's really honoring the other person too. So stop apologizing. And lastly, Dance out, you know, like nobody's watching, channel your inner rock star. Um, Lisa Nichols is a great fan of mirror work. And so am I like, look yourself right in the, in the eyes and say, you know what I love about you, Catherine? I love the fact that you can, you can rise above anything and turn like lemons into lemonade. So dance, 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 have a dance party. (laughs) 
I love it. I'm a dancer. Yes. I'm a dancer. <laughs> now your book deals with seeing life's challenges as dark gifts. Yes. What does this mean? I think I know what it means, but please tell our listeners what it means. I think it's a concept that's very timely right now. It was Rumi that said, the wound is where the light enters you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if any of your listeners have heard the term called post-traumatic growth. I don't know. It's often only through that dark night of the soul, which mystics have been writing about for ages, that we can actually discover our own truth. And we're talking about self-love here. So, I mean, what a better opportunity than to actually take that adversity, acknowledge it, get down deep in it. We all have a mental health gauge, but how many of us are like energizer bunnies? Just keeping going, keeping going until we completely fall off the map and burn out. So dark gifts are actually staying and embracing that adversity, those hardships, the car accident, the relationship breakdown, the job loss, and saying, there's a gift in here. Mm-hmm. Something it I really wouldn't is. have otherwise ever known about myself unless I had to jump in the, the rapids, that churning river, find my best stroke, which is part of self-love, right? It's not the backstroke. Damn it, it's actually side stroke, or maybe I just need to drown proof for a while. But the cool thing is, you will get to the other side of that churning river with a newfound sense of self and hope and strength that you otherwise would have never known. And post-traumatic growth is seeing those new opportunities. Hey, I didn't think I'd be doing coffee with Catherine or writing a book in the pandemic, but that was the gift. And you're never too old to experience what Catherine is talking about. Just recently, I learned a couple of big life lessons, um, even at my age. And uh, I think we just continuously learn. And at, you know, at some point, everyone's going to experience something that's going to teach them that life isn't always about sunshine and rainbows and that everything won't go the way that you want it to go. And I know my experiences have allowed me to become who I am today. And, and like I said, I'm still learning. And I, I've gotten a lot more optimistic because of, of what my past has taught me. Um, I've also learned to make better decisions. I also try to avoid certain situations that can eventually lead me to more pain. But I do know that uh, sometime in the future, I will have to deal with those emotions again. But when I do have to deal with those emotions again, I'm better equipped for it. And I'm so glad you mentioned emotions because that's another big part of what I wanted to help people to do is to see that we are often numbing repressing, stuffing down. And I can tell you, it's not a very effective tool. Eventually the lid comes off the toothpaste, the seething inferno. And the sooner that we actually just say, okay, bring it on here. I didn't think this, I want to return to sender on that dark package, right? Invite them into your home and feel that whole emotional range because there is so much learning. Be like almost like a researcher or an investigator looking at your life going, gee, I never would have seen that coming. 
wonder how this is going to turn out. And so keep curious and open and learn how to feel it all to heal it all. Because I think that is the true sort of vessel to self-love. And as I say in my book, getting to experiencing joy again. You can't have the upper range of the, the um, experience if you haven't been down deep in the in the mud, can you? Catherine, I love everything that you're you're saying right now, but we need to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our talk on dealing with loss and learning from it. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. It's Sunday night. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with myself, Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. And this is AM640 Toronto. We're getting back to our chat now with Catherine Clark on dealing with loss and learning from it. Now, the end of a relationship, Catherine, is a difficult thing to deal with. Right. And, and no matter where it comes from um, or what form it comes in, it often feels like your world is basically over. It's turned upside down and oh, it's such a horrible feeling. Like it's like somebody took a knife and stabbed you with it. You know, how can you deal with this pain? It's it's one of the best questions because we are all going to be there <laughs> staring oh, at the, that tub of haagen Right. Like what what now? And it, it, the, it's actually been shown, like neuroscientists have shown that the break in a relationship feels exactly the same as if someone had died. And mm-hmm. we have that whole range of, you know, disbelief and bargaining and anger. And the best advice I can give listeners is that you will be okay. And not only okay, But if you allow this process to just evolve like a river, you just jump in and you're riding the waves of grief, you will actually experience a newfound sense of self. And more importantly, you'll get crystal clear on what you want in a relationship, what your non-negotiables are. It may mean that you have to sit with with a therapist or someone who will really allow you to be heard and understood because best case scenario, you tell your story, tell your story. So you don't need to tell your story anymore. Right, Laura. (laughs) And that's when, you know, you're actually getting to the other side of that pain. And more importantly, you're seeing a new gain in that pain, if you will. Yeah. And I always tell people too is, is know that your relationship it ended for a reason, and it's really normal to feel like this range of emotions when when you're going through the process of healing after a breakup. But the important thing too is not to bottle it up inside and try to suppress your feelings. I always tell people cry like a baby, cry, cry. And I I'm talking to guys too. Yes. It's okay to be vulnerable. You know, process your emotions now, it will bite you in the bum later. I had a, a, a one of my good guy friends the other day he called me. And that's what I told him. I said, Listen, guys do that. They bottle it up inside. And then it comes out to haunt them a few months down the road. When, when they stop to go, okay, they process it, then they don't process it right away. So do that now. 
don't wait and lean on family and friends during this time. Don't be afraid to reach out for support and, and, and be a pest if you have to. And if people aren't willing to listen, then they're not really friends. So it's also a good time, Laura, I think, to actually take account of your, you know, your self-esteem tank. It's kind of like in, in HR, you do a 360 degree, you know, sort of interview. Why are you my friend? You, know, <laughs> you, you get this kind of like worthlessness where you discount all the positives, which is part of a maladaptive sort of negative self-talk that we all engage in from time to time. But boy, oh boy, when the relationship ends, do we go there, right? So it's a great opportunity to actually start to put in some honest feedback. You are a loyal friend. You're kind, you know, you're, you're the one that I can call to say, do you want to jump out of a plane? I've got like a free skydiving ticket and you say yes, right? Oh, no, thanks. And- I don't care how much I like you. <laughs> I am not flying out or jumping out of a plane. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's owning, right? Whether it's being a, a skydiver or whether yeah. it's being a crazy dancer, I know. it's taking back that ownership. And I believe that's where the self-love nugget really gets started again. And that moment when you realize that you can fall in love with yourself again, in love with, well, in love with life, you start to see all the other areas of your life fall into place, like your career, your business starts thriving. Other people around you start like smiling at you more. And it kind of clears the way for this full experience of love in the world. Yes. I like to call that the affirmation moment. And when one door closes, another one usually opens. And when a relationship comes to an end, it's important to realize that it doesn't mean that you're less worthy or lovable than before. It's not the end of your life, people. You are still worthy of love. Uh, You're still worthy of happiness. You will eventually get over it. Everybody always does. And it may take some time and hard work, but in the end, it will be worth it. So you need to believe that. You really, really do. You need to believe there's a gift. Yes, dark package. I think it was Buddha who said, you yourself, as much as anybody in the entire universe, deserve your love and affection. Yes, I love it. Now, I love um, what you said about relationships. It's 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 knowing a partner would be a wonderful complement to your life, but not needing someone to complete you. Let's chat about that. I, I you know, I haven't heard people make that statement in a long, long time, but I'm sure there are still people that feel that way. They think that they need somebody else to complete them, but we know that's not true. Yes. Again, it's, it's the socialization, right? But I, I'm excited by this new Gen Z, like my daughters and, and their daughters are now realizing, frick, I can be the CEO of my own company, right? Um, and if I'm going to take my time and energy and free it up for another there better be a real like deposit and value add there. So, you know, stop chasing. We can stop chasing something out there that we think will, will fill up our tank. We have to fill our own tank up first and then see that there are people and partners out there, even business partners, that will be a great complement to what we're all already feeling and being. I think, um, Self-love, when you get to that point too, is it's not magnifying all the things that you don't have or putting that zoom lens on literally 
everything that might be wrong with you, but it's actually amplifying your voice and all the things that are right about you that you, whether no one else cares, are gonna stand firm in. And to me, that's part of the self-stand, being firmly rooted in who you are, no compromises, right? Like knowing that you have you from the moment you wake up and you're grateful to be able to express your personality in its boldest way and become everything you were intended to come become in this world. That is so beautiful. And we'll be back, guys. Uh, we're going to take one last quick break. And when we come back, we're going to give you guys some tips on uh, how to find love using the law of attraction. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host from singleinthecity.ca with my special guest tonight, Catherine Clark, finishing off our chat now on how to attract the right partner. Ooh, I love this. Now, another thing you focus on is the law of attraction. Again, I'm a big advocate um, when it comes to the law of attraction. So let's chat about this and uh, why you should be aware of it for those who don't know. You know, Laura, I think we, we don't take the time when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we get ready in the morning to actually just infuse ourselves with all of that loving energy from the inside out. And to me, it's only when we have that vibration of, you know what, no matter what happens today, I'm seizing the day. I've got this, that we actually have like these happy neurons mm -hmm. and neuroscientists are studying this all the time that um, happy neurons that wire together, fire together, so to speak. And it's almost as though you go through the day saying, yes, I have these things that I have to give in terms of output but how am I flaming my own fire? And from a law of attraction perspective, I think when you're flaming your fire and you're making sure it's burning and you've got lots of logs on it, then and only then can you look at other fires that you can add your log to. And more importantly, <laughs> you put out all the fires that needed to to be put out <laughs> and you're only concentrating on the ones that are going to burn the brightest from your heart inside out. So how can we use a law of attraction to be more successful when dating? How does it work? I don't have an actual magic formula or a theory. Poof, no. <laughs> what I can tell you is downloads. If you're actually getting, you know, that kind of like that, not just beyond the attraction tingly feeling, but that like, I really feel connected to this person's mind. I think the brain is the sexiest part of the body. I don't know about you, Laura. Sapiosexual you are. Yes. But when you actually can meet minds with someone and it's like, I think they get me. And more importantly, they give you their full undivided attention. 
In other words, does anyone ever word? really give you their full undivided attention? You know that? what? For, I think it's out there for long periods of time. Ask for it, and you have to turn <laughs> off the friggin' phone, right? Put it down, no beeps, and just say, "I feel heard and understood." And if you don't, that's okay. But keep going where someone is going to validate wherever it is that you're feeling most loved inside. You'll know when that little—it's like a switch, right? It gets flipped. It's like you get me, like when you're reading a book and you go, oh, that's me, they get me. And breathe. Don't run towards it, just breathe. Let it wash over you and listen for the download. We often get that, oh, that message, but we avoid it, don't we? Just like we repress certain feelings. Listen for the download, be honest with yourself, self-awareness and self-honesty. I think are the really key steps in there. And don't ignore the red flags, please. If he says, you know, I did this and that, just remember past behavior is the best indicator of future behavior. Now you oh. stated that it's important to flame your own fire first. Yes. I love that. Flame your own fire first. Then yeah. add your log to another fire <laughs> when it comes to dating. <laughs> What does this mean? No innuendos in there, right? <laughs> so flame your own fire first and then add your log to another fire when it comes to dating. So tell us what that means. We've already spent a, a good portion talking about self-love mm -hmm. and that's flaming your own fire. So that even if there wasn't another fire you wanted to add your log to, you'd still be a happy, healthy, thriving human being. So what I mean is, is actually being um, like self, it comes back to self stand, really knowing that that's all I need, like being so comfortable by, you know, in fueling those flames that it's almost as though you open up this whole other spectrum, this whole wider view, like this, this wide angle lens comes up in your brain and you spot a little tiny fire off in the distance. And you're like, that's the one. That's the one that I know is worthy of me to take one of the logs off of my fire and see if it'll burn brightly over there. Is it they say when one bridge burns, there's another bridge to cross with that faint light you can't see. You have to get through the fog, but you have to breathe through it and say, no matter what, I'm going to be okay. This person's fire burns with mine. Great if it doesn't. I'm still flaming and dancing and living my best life and thriving. And, and, you know, a lot of people thrive when they're, they're single, as opposed to being in relationships. I, I think it is the time. thriving. And that's okay. I don't even think it's just okay. I think it's fabulous. Self-love is the new sexy. It's the new fabulous. It's the new thrive. It's not survive. It's not like survive in spite of, or because you, you're not in a partnership. It's thrive first and foremost. And then, yeah, let's make one big bonfire by finding someone else who's worthy of our time, energy, God-given talents, and most important love. And that is on the same vibrational path that you are on. 
Now, finally, do you have any last tips to help our listeners be more successful when, when dating and navigating relationships? In all honesty, yeah, I'm taking a break. Well, don't lie. Let's be honest. I'm taking a break. <laughs> I am totally basking in the self-love right now. I can tell. I, <laughs> I, I, I feel your energy, Catherine. I feel your energy. It's contagious. I'm like, it's nice not to have to answer to anyone, right? Or not to have to do all this decoding. Um, and the housework and like all the housework, <laughs> picking up after people. Big tip on the gifts and dark packages bandwagon, having done couples counseling too, it's all going to come back. So you might as well dig deep and figure out what didn't work in the last relationship. What does a narcissistic abuse cycle look like? Talk about that in my book as well. So that you will know, boom, right away, what you're moving towards and what you're not. And to me, that's the best, that's the game changer right there in terms of going out and, and being open to partnering with another. Well, thank you so much for being here, Catherine. And thanks for listening, everyone, um, on this week's episode of the Dating and Relationship Show. Self-love and understanding what you're going through is so important when it comes to dating. And if you want to keep the conversation going with Catherine, we're going to ask her now, where can people get a hold of you, get a copy of your book and all that? So uh, you can find me on my website, CatherineClarkConnects.com. Um, Gifts in Dark Packages is actually available on Amazon, ebook, or actually the, uh, the paperback. Um, coming soon to Chapters Indigo, Barnes and Noble, and certainly I'm on Instagram. Everything's sort of listed there. I just recently actually had my launch party, and I would be delighted. I think we have to we have to always think about our youngest in society. And so, Jack.org, I partnered with them to create um, a fundraising effort for youth mental health. So all proceeds to the ebook go to Jack.org. Amazing. And you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at official Laura Bellotta. And also, if you missed this episode uh, or you want to catch it again or any of our other episodes, you can catch them on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or just Google the Dating and Relationship Show. There's only one show. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in each and every week. Ciao for now. <laughs>